Hello, everyone. Jason here. I wanted to give the Rollo Report for the third quarter, and I'm going to do this in really um, three steps. I'm going to look at current happenings or trends, potential opportunities or tracks, and the CEO wrap-up or thoughts. And there will be notes provided if you would like the notes for these. These are kind of random thoughts or research that I do as in my readings dealing with um, market trends and cycles, uh, sales ideas, customer service ideas, and so forth and so on that helps us each quarter, kind of kind of like the uh, traditional executive of white pages, if you will. So first of all, under current happenings and trends, um, it's still a hard market. I probably didn't have to tell you that, but um, 22%, that's how much the average worldwide prices for commercial insurance increased during the final quarter of 2020, uh, according to a global insurance market index. And um, according to an article in May that I came across, the market as a whole has seen hardening rates across all lines with property, auto, and umbrella among the lines seeing the largest increases, as well as, of course, DNO, EPLI, and so forth. But clearly, uh, rates are up. It's a hard market cycle, and that's pretty much across the board, all companies, all areas, some more than others, of course. And that should remind us of the very importance of reading and studying a policy and truly understanding the coverages because people are going to want to know what they're buying. And, um, and you know, with the rates going up, it's very important. It's always important, but certainly now to make sure we understand what those gaps are and understand what's happening in the industry. As an example, how many buildings are now underinsured due to the rising cost of lumber? I mean, lumber prices have skyrocketed. Hence, the ability uh, or the need to reevaluate or do a review with a client on the uh, total insurance value, making sure they're properly insured. Another thing I came across in a study by travelers is distracted driving is on the rise, specifically as it relates to the use of mobile devices, you know, checking social media, texting, and so forth while behind the wheel. Um, this report showed that 26 percent. Uh, texting behind the wheel as opposed to 19% pre-pandemic uh, was the case. Um, with social media usage while driving, uh, that number jumped from 1 in 10 to 1 in 5. It's a pretty big jump. So uh, another study or part of the study showed that 17% admitted to shopping online while driving during the pandemic as opposed to 8% pre-pandemic. So, you know, when you think about these numbers, how can we use this to better educate our clients? And I think the first thing that would come to mind to me is the need to, to tell the parents of teen drivers as well as just adults as well, you know, what a claim would look like if they, if they have a claim uh, while texting and driving a very dangerous situation. They don't think about that. They, they obviously are doing it, but they're not thinking about the results of that claim. And that could lead to discussions on umbrellas, higher limits, things like that. You need to paint that picture of how bad it could be um, even, um, you know, having uh, punitive damages in lawsuits, things like that. So, so it's something that, again, is proven by the data, maybe a talking point there. Another interesting thing I came across in these current happenings is the idea of mature or loyal clients versus those of younger age. According to one source, one in four auto consumers under the age of 55 say they are likely to switch insurers in the next 12 months as opposed to those over 55 who hold their policies twice as long. Now, I think what that tells you is when it comes to those who are younger, we need to make sure we're effectively using the digital solutions found within Epic, e-marketing, uh, using our online mobile app, CSR24, and so forth. And while that is important with those who are older as well, 
certainly they tend to want the conversations more maybe than the younger generation. Now, of course, as people age and they get married, they have kids, they typically want to have those conversations as well. So thankfully, we're equipped to market to both groups of people. Also, um, cyber. The, the cyber crimes seem to be on the increase, and it's important that we ask the questions to our clients, our business owners, those who are doing commercial insurance, uh, if they are properly covered for cyber. You can visit with Daniel about some of the things that we have, maybe suggestions for business owners when it comes to cyber training, but also talk to Kristen, Jackson, Ashley regarding products and trainings that you may need for the cyber offerings that we have. On our second point, potential opportunities or tracks, I just wanted to remind everyone of the literal gold mine that we have when it comes to cross-selling. You know, we should always be cross-selling. If we don't have their auto but their home, if we have their home and not their auto, um, if we, you know, don't have their business but their personal lines, if we have their business but don't have their personal lines and so forth, we need to make sure that we're truly cross-selling because the retention level goes up. We're taking care of that client. We have all the markets to do it. It makes no sense not to do that to fill these gaps by simply doing reviews. You know, I mean, after all, I mean, even at McDonald's, right, you go through the line, they ask, do you want fries with that? And uh, that sounds pretty simple, but we certainly need to be taking advantage of the gold mine of cross-selling. That affects everyone's bonus in a positive way. It allows agents to make more money, helps the whole agency, and gives us the ability to give raises, things of this nature. So it's a big deal. We can't overlook that. In fact, a June article that I ran across said this, it is a sin of sales to assume your prospects know what you do and offer. You know, a client many years ago came into my office uh, on one occasion and basically asked, hey, do you, do you sell, you know, uh, auto insurance? We had the person's home, I believe it was, and they said, do you sell auto? Now, we had a sign out front of the building that, you know, was a huge sign that had auto insurance written on it, but they were only thinking about what they currently had. They didn't pay attention to the sign. And so I would simply say this. Never think your clients know what you offer, what you fully offer, unless you've told them. And you must tell them often, that is over and over. So cross-selling and reminding people of all the things we offer so that we can fill those gaps, that's a big deal. So along that line, here's an example, something you may want to think about, RVs. Um, You know, almost 10% of households have at least one RV, RV travel trailer type policy. And that number is increasing if you actually look at some of the research in fact, as many as 9.6 million households intend to buy an RV within the, in the next five years. So that's 10 million households that plan to buy some type of RV product in the next five years. And it's actually split across the lines uh, when it comes to those who are older as well as those who are in the 18 to 34-year range. In fact, that range of people, their buying power in that, in that area is up 22%. I think COVID has uh, pushed people to want to get outside more and and, and smell the fresh air and see the sunshine. And so maybe that old question we always ask, you know, about the trailer hitch when it comes to a travel trailer or a boat or an ATV trailer kind of matters. You know, do you, hey, do you have a, a trailer hitch on your bumper? Well, that, if they say yes, they're clearly pulling something with it. And then also of, uh, maybe when it comes to RVs, not just ask, do they have one, but ask, are you planning to buy an RV or some type of specialty product in the next year? That may be a way to handle that, connecting again with that cross-selling idea of potential opportunities. A couple of on the, on the commercial side, uh, recently I've done a little research in, is municipalities or cities. Um, when it comes to cities or counties, they're obviously very concerned about active shooter situations or molestation, cybercrime. These are things on their mind, and so they're tending to want to shop 
Um, and we have one carrier I have in mind right now that absolutely could knock it out of the park on a larger city or county, and we have all the products to offer that. But that would take some deeper study. Um, but if you're wanting to learn and study in a certain area, you need to reach out to Ashley, go through some of the special trainings, and equip yourself. Along that same line, another good example would be nonprofits. A Guide One is one of our companies, writes a lot of churches, but they also right now are really after various nonprofits. And so we have the ability to specially train you in certain areas as long as you're committed to that level of training to be able to do that. There's just a couple of ideas, and so I ranged anywhere from their RVs all the way to municipalities, kind of a broad range, but I think you get the, get the point. Finally, I wanted to say that uh, the independent agency channel is, is very strong. In fact, um, one study had this quote, it appears the independent agency channel remains healthy and viable. Um, another said, overall, the agency universe is a club for optimists. And I thought in light of coming out of the pandemic, that was encouraging news to see as a whole how well independent agencies are doing. And um, certainly that's that's a place we are and want to be as opposed to being a captive. It's a pretty tough world right now, and the captives are not seeing the level of success I don't think that the independents are seeing. And so keep that in mind. Now, what we're doing as an agency is we're trying to ramp up our development programs, our educational platforms. We're seeing now some um, retreats for CSRs, account manager retreats. We're continuing to develop our producer development program. Some exciting things we're doing on that, uh, in the way of education. Now, when it comes to taking care of clients, again, I want to I want to emphasize you cannot over-communicate with a client, whether that be personally or digitally through our Epic tools. But it's important to, to deal with them and talk to them based on what their needs are. So an example maybe you haven't thought about is audits. Think about what happened in the pandemic with the work comp rates, uh, you know, going down in a lot of areas because people are working at home. And, and so maybe they're not thinking about an audit. And most time audits are things going up. And it certainly is the case with GL and other things. But, but helping them understand why they will get an audit. Some policies are auditable. Some policies are not auditable. But having those conversations and saying, hey, we can even quarterly remind you and check with your receipts and so forth, payroll, sales receipts, revenue, to make sure it's in line uh, with what you're paying so you don't get hammered at the end of the big audit. So things like that, just really taking care of clients in the proper way. You know, I think about the digital situation, and obviously everything's going toward digital, but digital doesn't have to be bad if it's used correctly. For instance, Think about downloads, uploads and downloads, personal lines, downloads right now. Three and four agencies use personal lines downloads, with two, and also two and three agencies are using it with commercial lines. So we're, we're all about the digital usage of information to help our clients. Now, I don't believe tech alone is the solution at all. In fact, I like to refer to it as tech with a soul. Or in other words, humanity or real human beings connected with using tech properly to help clients. Uh, I'm still a firm believer that local is best. And as they say, you know, all politics are local. That's really how you solve problems is, is with local solutions. But if we have the tech and the location locally to take care of people, then we have the best of both worlds. And that helps us uh, take care of those clients, telling, again, about audits, asking what their true needs are, and so forth. Um, something a little different, maybe, if you're an agent, particularly, you need to be thinking about taxes. Uh, it seems our tax structure may change some, not for the better. You know, $4 trillion was the price tag of COVID, and it seems that our current president's wanting to pretty much tax people to death to pay for that, maybe even going to tax capital gains at a greater rate. And believe me, business owners will be willing to talk about solutions. So 
having a buddy who's a good CPA or financial planner. Remember, you know, we have one, Curtis. You can ask Curtis, the Rollo Wealth Management, um, about that. Curtis is willing to help. Great guy. And certainly he can give you some solutions to help those business owners that are that form a wedge to open doors to conversations uh, when it comes to planning, dealing with taxes. And then one final thing I want to say and talk about for just a second, really two things. The first one is, let's not forget who we are. And what I mean by that is customer service does still matter. Uh, you know, being real, the differentiating factor, we often talk, oftentimes talk about the difference is real. That's not just a slogan. I mean it. You should mean it. And so we need to realize that when we make a sale, we're making a promise. And so we need to do our part to truly understand and know each specific client. Now, how do you do that? Well, you're proactive with questions, okay? You, you have discussions with that client. You help that client understand the, the value of maybe paying via a um, credit card or a draft as opposed to taking cash, you know? So it's not that we're trying to not... Um, you know, give them a service by taking cash, but we're trying to help them because number one, they get a discount if they set it up and the retention's better and, and other things that helps them as well as ourselves. And so as you approach all the things we're putting in place, the quality assurance aspects, some of the policy changes we implement from time to time, realize we're doing that to try to make, make it better to take care of clients. Now, you may come across something we're doing that doesn't seem to make sense. I would invite you to give that to a supervisor or a manager, let them know if you see something that just doesn't make sense. If uh, if they're not listening, then you know escalate it up to, to Keith Lane or John Hall or my wife or myself. One of us, we're here to listen. We want to get better, and I, I know our managers want to listen too. But listen, you can't not tell us. We, we can only try to fix what we know, and so it's important to tell us things you may think that would work better. Now, I'm not talking about complaining. I read a book many years ago called The No Complaining Rule, <laughs> which simply meant don't complain. If you have a suggestion, make that suggestion of how it could be better. So give us possible solutions with the uh, uh, analysis of something that maybe we need to take a look at. So, you know, continuous improvement. I'm all about it, and I hope you will give us information to help us on that. You know, I read an article in June that said this. You could be in the insurance business 25, 30, even 40 years, and you would never have seen this coming, referring to the pandemic. The 2020 pandemic created a viral train wreck that either disrupted business or caused them to fail altogether. You know, when I think about that quote and I think about how we've survived and the agency is, is growing and we're trying to, to do a lot of things. I mean, we just put in healthcare, right, for the employees. We've um, put in the new management system a while back. And we've added epic marketing doing things like that. That's, that's impressive to me to know that we've been able to go forward even during a really tough time, which again shows us the wonderful nature of our industry as well as, of course, the commitment each of you have made and I've made to each other as we try to grow this business. So never forget to ask the question, why Rollo Insurance? And you particularly should be able to ask the question, if you're an agent, why me? Or the staff needs to understand, you know, why them? And so maybe you're like, well, you know, I don't know if I can give all those answers. Well, ask Keith, ask Ashley to set up a special training to help you understand why Rollo. We, we do believe we can give answers that sets us apart and makes us different uh, because we do believe the difference is real in our culture, the way we treat people, our mindset toward people, our various carriers, our commitment to education, and so forth and so on. So as I'm trying to do better on these uh, particular Rollo reports, I'll bring out each quarter. Hopefully, I'll get it perfected as we uh, carry this along to give you various tips and tricks and things to think about. So you can either read it on the PDF that, that uh, will be sent out or on the website. And I appreciate each of you very much. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye.